Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. That there is a state of the market report that we just understand that this is not good. Or if you don't have a job during a recession and they don't want to see what is going on until it's too late. And again, no one cares. A couple of things I just wanted to tell you before we get started. The first is that there is a state of the market report that recently went live on BCG. And if you're one of my candidates, I probably would have texted to you. I would recommend reviewing that because it goes into a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today and can help you. The next thing is we are making a program live called Reverse Recruiting, which I'll talk about. If you search BCG Reverse Recruiting, we'll give you information about that. That's to help you apply to jobs on your own without a recruiter, because a lot of firms are not going to, it's, there's a lot to tell you about that. The next thing is that when you get into a recession, and this is definitely a recession right now, this is, and we'll just be completely honest with everyone, this is the worst market I think that I have ever seen. And I've been doing this for over 25 years, and I've seen a lot of markets. I lost school during a recession. I 2001, there was a recession. In 2000, late 2000, 2001, there was another one, 2007, 2008. And this is right now is very bad. There's lots of layoffs. There's lots of stealth layoffs. There's, and we also have something called the BCG Attorney Search Layoff Tracker, which is on our website. And I will try to put the links to all these things I'm telling you about in the chat. So just understand that this is not good. And the problem is if you get laid off during a recession, it becomes very difficult to get another job. Or if you don't have a job during a recession, it becomes very difficult to get a job after. And the job you get often will not be as good if you're laid off. So everyone can get a job and I'll tell you what to do, but you need to be very careful during recessions because when you're laid off, what happens in law firms and not all law firms, but most law firms do not lay off. They only lay off the people that for whatever reason, they believe are disposable and easily replaceable. And when I say disposable, that means is that either they believe that they can let you go and hire someone else better in the future, or they, but more likely than not, that, that they don't see you as having contributed enough. All the things that I talk about, which are being in the office and working hard and working a lot of hours and all the career advice you are smart to listen to and show up to these webinars for, applies more than ever during a recession because law firms typically they'll let go of the people with the lowest hours without the most work with that have attitude problems that aren't that that don't fit in with the culture all these things this is what is going on now and i'm 100% positive that this is a very bad economy and i say that in a lot of different ways let me just give you one reason and i'll i'm just going to be completely honest with you why it's a bad economy so typically, when we send out invoices to law firms, we get maybe, the law firms are very good about paying us. They, we typically have one-time invoices that are 30 days past due, maybe 60,000 or 100 or something, not a lot. Right now, we're over 2 million. So what does that mean? That means that law firms don't have money and they're not paying us and they're willing to sacrifice their reputation because they don't have money. And that's, so I just want you to understand, 100,000, 60 to 100,000 typically in past due invoices. Today, as I speak, 2 million. And that has never happened in this company's history. And I'm not trying to give away the kind of revenue we do because obviously that's even slower than it normally is. But the, this is very serious what's going on in the market. And 
It's never been this serious. And I do not understand it. I think that people are scared. I don't know, but this is what's going on. And this is people, if you listen to politicians and and this is all over the country. It's not isolated in one market. So this is happening all over the country. If you listen to politicians, they say, oh, the market's fine. It's not. If you read about Goldman Sachs having all these problems, all these companies laying people off, it, the economy is not fine. There are people whose best interest is to tell you it's fine, but it's definitely not fine. And let me be very clear. All is not fine in the law firm world. It is catastrophic, okay? Because Law firms do not risk their reputation with Harrison Barnes and recruiters by not paying them when when things get slow. It's bad. It's really bad. So I want everyone to understand that. I'm going to give you advice about what to do. You're very smart being on webinars like this, but this is a catastrophic economy. I've, and I'm scared for attorneys that that are going to have problems and that because they're going to have problems. And even if you don't see the problems in your law firm, especially if you're an associate or something, they may, everything may look like it's okay. Law firms have lines of credit, but it's not. And this is the sort of thing where, you know, it's like, it's the story of the frog in the boiling water. You can, if you drop the frog in hot water, they jump out right away. But if you put the frog in the, and I don't know if this is true or not, it's just urban myth. But if you put the frog in a water and you heat it up slowly, they sit there until they boil and die. And because they don't know why it's happening. And so this is, you can't protect yourself unless you take action and understand what's going on. Syria tends to tend to different practice areas. The work will dry up during recessions. And this also often results in layoffs. And when those layoffs happen, it hurts people. So it's especially bad for young attorneys. So what happens to young attorneys, and I, I hate to say this, but you may join a law firm and right out of school or and in that you may join in the practice area because you were hired in a good economy when the practice area was good. And, and then instead of being able to get a job, what ends up happening, or instead of getting work, you get there and there's no work. And the work, little work you're given is reviewed very harshly because they want you to leave and they don't have any money. And you're very confused because no one's training you. And, and then all of a sudden you lose your job and it's devastating. And the problem is because you're in a practice area, the little training you have where there's no work, you can't find a job, you have student loans, you have, there's nothing, you feel trapped and you feel like you're in, in, incredible, you're having incredible problems. And I tell you all this because I, I work and I have a, this is a, a, a serious recruiting company. I mean, this is not, I am not some guy sitting in his garage and, or in a rented office with making phone calls and sending people out to a few firms. This is we, are, we work with 25,000 law firms and over half the attorneys in the United States have submitted their resumes to me. I only work with 2% of them. But the point is that I know what's going on more than anyone. It's not, this is, we, in terms of law firm submissions, you're talking about it's tens of thousands a week. So there's a lot going on that we're seeing. And I just want to make clear that if you're asking questioning what I'm saying, you're like the frog in boiling water because I'm, I'm firsthand telling you that. Recruiters, by the way, because I know people on this call are probably working with other recruiters and you're working with small people and people that may not have gone to law school and been, attorney, or been attorneys or recruiters for a long time or have big recruiting firms like I do. But what, what ends up, what a lot of recruiters will do is they'll tell you, oh, yeah, everything's fine. I know someone over at this firm, you're going to be, and they're saying that because they're also freaked out. I can make placements. I may be upset that our collections are bad, but 
but there's plenty of places to make placements. It's not something I'm concerned about because I know about the openings and everything going on at 25,000 law firms. I have, we're a technology company. I have over 200 employees. So I understand what's going on, but you, you cannot listen. You have to be very careful about what you listen to. And, and you can't trust your career to someone that's sending you to a couple of law firms at this point and telling you and waiting for responses. This is insane. You have to get out there and be as aggressive in your search as you possibly can. And again, I'm telling you this as someone that's seen it. And what have I seen? I've seen things like calling candidates on their cell phone and people picking up and saying they're dead because in young attorneys during recessions, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I've seen people laid off from big Silicon Valley firms and going home and looking them up and finding out that they're truck drivers. Or, it's insane. This is what happens. And so I just, again, I have a lot of hope and I know what you need to do, but if you don't listen to what I'm saying, and I'm trying to give you the most, the clearest wake up call, it doesn't matter how great your qualifications are. This is a very bad market. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. So law firms, by the way, when work does slow down, of course they don't close down. You're not, sometimes they do, but very rarely. They don't close down. What they do, as I told you earlier, and they, they'll often keep you idle. What they'll do for associates is they'll start giving you memos and things that aren't really billable to clients. Or they may look like they are, but they really aren't. They will have you... Uh, you know, just stupid stuff and they'll act like they have the money to, and they're just everything, but you won't be doing a lot of real work. And if you do, they're not probably billing at all to clients. So that's what they do. They often keep people idle. And then if your practice here slows down, what they do with law students, and this will happen with lots and lots and lots of tens of thousands of law students that have offers is not tens of thousands because there's only 26,000, but it'll happen with a lot. You may have your position withdrawn by the law firm and have no job when you graduate from law school. Or sometimes the law firms will do things like they will they will pay you to go away. I had a, I've told the story before, I had, a, when I was, my first job at a law firm called Quinn Emanuel, the, my, the guy that was next to me was a graduate of a top law school and had great grades and, and had been a summer associate at I think Morrison and Forrester. And not only that, but his father was owned a big law firm in California that had offices all over the state, but it was in a, I think it was an IP firm. So he was not a patent prosecution. He had no science background, so he never could work there. And uh, anyway, his, he got a letter one day when he was in, in the summer before he was supposed to start 
at this major international law firm in Los Angeles. I don't want to say their name because it's a great firm. And it basically said, and at the time, $30,000 was probably what $100,000 would be right now or 75 or something. But it said, here's $30,000. You can either accept it and get another job, or you can come to work for us. But if you do, you're not going to have any work. And the odds are you're probably going to get laid off. And so he said, woohoo, you know, he was really smart and took $30,000. To make a long story short, for he started his first job at an insurance defense firm and making, that was the only job he could get, maybe 25% of what he was going to get paid at this big firm. And, and for the next several years, he worked there and that was the only job he could get. He eventually wound up at Quinn Emanuel because he was the kind of guy that taught me a lot of stuff about how to move up and everything, but not a lot, but I learned some. But he was in a a big trial with them and he was such a good attorney beating down a very well-known litigator there from Cravath. They were like, wow, this guy's freaking incredible. We need to hire him. So that's how he moved up, which is a beautiful story. And then I think he became of counsel there or something. He never became a partner because he was, I don't know, some personal issues, but he was an incredible attorney. And, and the point is, is that this is what happens and it can be very bad. And it's important to understand that, that as I said earlier, like that example I just told you, law firms and other employers do not like to hire unemployed attorneys. So they don't, they just don't. The, the idea is that firm didn't lay out anybody, everybody off. So because they didn't lay everybody off, this person must, there must be something wrong with them. It's, there's no lawyer rating agency. It's just, that's how it works. That's what they would think. Then the other thing the law firms say is there's no, the person's likely to have sour grapes. So attorneys who get laid off and they get their next job, they're paranoid and they tend to be the kind of people that document every insult and keep logs of that and then are, and then are paranoid about losing their job. So they're, they are often looking for a new job. The second they get to their new job, they think things look a little weird and they're just they don't fit. There's just problems with them. And I, again, that's all normal. It's just, these are human reactions. So I'm not saying that that's what they do. And so that's why law firms are freaked out about hiring unemployed attorneys. I've told you stories before. This is a funny story, but I used to, I would, I have a big heart. Like I, I want to bring in, I want to help people. I want to bring people from darkness into light and help them. And so I've had instances like a lot where I'm working with these candidates that are just like, they have great backgrounds, they have good schools, they seem like nice people, they're good firms and they're laid off. And I'm like, wow, you can't get a job. Why don't you come work and be a recruiter at BCG? And so I hire these people and what and always happens every time uh, within one to two years, they are sometimes less time. They become very, they're extremely difficult to manage. They don't follow instructions. They start, not, this is 99% of them, it's not, or 90%, it's not all of them, downloading data from our database. And, and then they start, and sometimes they go and write bad things about me on the internet, like after they leave, but they start competing recruiting firms. And, and it's been like clockwork. And so most, there's a lot of firms out there that are people that have that I've helped and brought back from nothing. Like they were often living with their parents and stuff when I did this and then helped and empowered. And that's what happened. And again, there's nothing wrong with going somewhere and starting your own firm. I'm not mad about it, but it was the, 
was cheating and the lying and then the trying to rip me down that did it because they're angry because they lost their last job and then they didn't want to be managed, just a bunch of things. And in one case, I had one woman, this is not something I shouldn't tell you, but I spent a lot of time and money training her. And we were going to start doing in-house placements at one point. And so I sent her to all these general counsel events and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and I found out later that she was taking all these contacts and making placements while she was employed and billing them out through some other company to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's just upsetting. It's someone that was laid off that we hired. And there's problems a lot of times with people. Now, I'm not saying that every person that's laid off is going to be a problem because that's not true. But I'm telling you that the experience that I've had with them, people that have had these problems and the experience that are mirror what a lot of times employers do. So if you are laid off, you have to not be mad at the employer. Just understand this is a business decision. Don't be mad at the next place and just get your house in order. And that's what you need to do. And if you are laid off, my advice to you is to find a position as quickly as you possibly can. That means that you need to apply to not just three or four firms or five firms with openings and sit there like a lemming and put your ego and think that, oh, I'm, I need to work at this tip firm, this prestige level and stuff. No, you need a job because if you don't get a job, it's all over, man. At least for, it could be five years, two years, five, seven, you need to get a job. And again, there's a, I will send you this information about this reverse recruiting, but it's this thing I'm going to do to help people that I can't work with because they're laid off or having other problems apply to jobs on their own because you just need to get out there and and the longer you're unemployed, it's going to be much harder for you to get a position. And, and a lot of people, meaning a lot, stop practicing law altogether. And when I say a lot, wow, when, if you submit your resume to BCG, like I will follow your LinkedIn profile, I'll follow everything you're doing. I'll send you emails to update your resume. And when the people that get laid off, a lot of them recover. Again, most of them to some extent will recover. But a lot of them don't. And when they don't, it's astonishing what happens. It's just, wow, they become just things that have nothing to do with practicing law or positions that you would never imagine, like working in a hardware store. Like, really? Like, you went to Ohio State Law, I mean, not Ohio State, you went to a decent law school. That's what you're doing. You're working in a hardware store. This is how crushing it is to people's ego. And they just don't know. And these are good people. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I don't want you to get anything below your level. You need to go. And, and it's very difficult for people. And, and it's sad. And again, I see this all the time. And I'm the, probably the only one that sees And I'm the only one that cares because I'm not the only one that cares. My family cares. And I'm sure other recruiters care. But I'm deeply invested in this profession. And the people that trust their careers to me, I go, I do anything I possibly can to get you a job. It's my life. I don't care about anything. I care about my family. And but this is all I do, and I want you to succeed. And the thing is, you went to law school for a reason, and you should do your best to continue practicing law. I had, I'll just tell you my experience of and why I look at practicing law and being an attorney is such a privilege. During my, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it. During my third year of law school, I decided I was, or no, my third year or fourth year of college, my fourth year of college. I wanted to study for the LSATs over the summer. And, and so I, I studied for the LSATs over the summer. And then I went to, and then over the, and then my girlfriend got very bad mono. And I don't know, you know what mono is, but 
it affects people in different ways. And, and so I got it too. And, and so during my, my fourth year of college, instead of taking four classes, I was going to graduate in three, three and a half years or something. I could only take one. And I took the biggest blow off class I possibly could. It was called like health law or something. And that health law, health, it was just some stupid like class. And it was University of Chicago. It was literally the dumbest class they had there. And so that was the only class I could take because I was sleeping all the time and, and I couldn't concentrate, but I needed to take the LSAT. So I went in to take them, I think in December or something. And I was so tired that, that I canceled my score. And, and then I took it again, I think in February and February, whatever, late February, something like that. I don't know what the time it was. This is when you're talking about the 1990s. And, and by the time my results came out, a lot of the admissions things had closed in the law schools. And, and I needed to, I wanted to go to a top 10 law school. I had great grades. I was a Rhodes Scholar finalist, which means I was one of three people in my school nominated for it. I had great grades. And I was that primarily because, and back then it was about helping people. And I was running an asphalt business in Detroit where I was hiring people out of drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers because at the time my mother was getting sober and knew all these people. And I was like, what better way to bring positive energy into the world than to help people that are down? It's one reason I'm so into this profession. And so I these people, they were from Detroit. A lot of times they'd never had any jobs and this was the first job that they'd had. And I was trying to give them self-confidence and help them and use my resources. So that's why I was nominated and that helping and I'm interested in diversity and all this stuff. This is not about money to me. This is about bringing God's energy into the world, what I'm doing right now is. But the point is that I was trying to help all these people get jobs and I was getting you know, new jobs and saying I was nominated for the scholarship. Anyway, so I didn't get my results from the LSAT until March or something or late March. And by that time, all the law schools were filled. And so I applied to as many as I could. And and luckily, what was my first choice school, which is a great school, was University of Virginia. And they basically said, hey, our class is already full, but we're going to put you at the very top and let you know if anything opens up and because we really like you and all this stuff. And that was the only school, I think, that there was a couple other schools that accepted my application, but it was like so late with the scores and everything. So the point is that I decided to become, I was like, screw it, I'll just be an asphalt contractor. And I was like, this isn't, there's, these are signs that things aren't working out for me. And I'm, I'm just going to take these signs for what they are. Getting sick is a sign. Not being able to take the test on time is a sign. Uh, and even when I did take it, I was still completely out of it, but I did well enough to get into law school. The point is that I just became a contractor. So I was a contractor in the summer. And, and I was like, this is great. I'll just be a contractor. And, and that means basically not using any of my education and whatever thing I've done. And I was like, I'll just throw myself into this. This is the path that has been chosen for me. And so I was doing that. And then one night I got home and I got a call. I had messages on my answer machine. And one of the messages, it was very funny. It was a, a local, it was a local contractor, but a representative of them calling and basically extorting money out of me for doing business in, in a certain city in Detroit. So it was like a base, like a mafia type call. Very funny. It's, this is how things work there. I have a lot of stories about that, but I'm not going to tell them. But anyway, so I had this message and it wasn't funny and I wasn't really wasn't scared of it. I knew they would 
these aren't people that will kill you or anything. They're people that will trash your equipment or mess up your jobs. I wasn't at that point, but this is the world I was living in. And, and, but the next message was from the law school and, and they didn't say what it was about, but I figured what I knew what it was about. It was from like the University of Virginia Law School. And, and I was so excited. I, I got in my car and drove around all night. And, and at one point I was, I actually threw up because I was so excited and happy. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was what I wanted and it had changed the direction of my life. And, and in the morning I talked to them and went to work there. And, and ever since then, I've been a huge supporter of the school because of what happened and it, it made a huge difference for me. So I care very deeply about the fact that I was provided that opportunity to be a lawyer. And, and I care very deeply about your opportunity to be a lawyer. It changed my life and, and I'm very happy about it. And all these bad things that happened to me, I overcame. And, and, uh, and so I feel that you should be in that position too with your life and um, you should overcome obstacles. And it only comes, and I did all sorts of things, I wrote letters to them, telling them how much I wanted to go there. I went and visited the school. I, I did all sorts of things to, to try to move myself forward. But I just, and I hate being so vulnerable. I'd like to be, tell you I'm the most powerful person that's ever, but this is what I did because I knew I had to give it my all. And I want you to give it your all. I want you to do everything you can to be on top of this and to get ahead and to not, not to lose because I certainly didn't want to lose. And this is one reason that I'm doing this. I'm, I want you to win. And you went to law school for a reason and you're a lawyer for a reason and you need to take action. You can't take the sitting down. You can't become like an asphalt contractor or something like I did. And I literally was operating in the inner city of Detroit, which it's better now, but it was bombed out place. But I liked it. I'm like, this is where I belong. And because I was helping the people and I felt like I could make a difference. And I think I can make a difference with you. And that's why I'm telling you all this today. It's not, this is not like Harrison's trying to make money or whatever. No, this is like about bringing the energy of God into the world. And I don't say that in a religious standpoint. I just mean there's a positive, there's darkness and there's light. And I want you to be in the light. And so there's a lot of things you can do. And if your practice area is slowing down, there's things that you need to do. And again, not every practice area slows down. So that's one thing I'm going to talk to you about today. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today some practice areas stay busy and that's good. Others get even more busier and that's good, but some of them don't. And so this is a little bit about what you need to do. So the first thing is you need to determine if the slowdown your practice areas isolated to your firm or occurring on a broader scale. Sometimes your law firm just may be having problems and that's all you need to understand. Your law firm may, there may be the slowdown or maybe all over. Your law firm may have done something wrong. The billing rates may be too high. I was at a firm after Quinn Emanuel, was, it was hilarious. It was called it was Dewey Ballantyne's a New York firm. And uh, this firm's billing rates were paid, by the way, which is why I went to work there. That firm and maybe Skadden were the only ones. And I think, yeah, just Skadden at the time. Dewey Ballantyne, Skadden, and Los Angeles paid double 
like the market rate of all the other firms in LA. And they were paying this ridiculous New York scale. And But the only problem was is their billing rates were also double of what all the other firms were in LA or something close to it. So they didn't have it. The only work they were getting was from overseas. And it's just, they weren't, didn't have a lot of work and they were out of business. That's obviously bad business. But the point is that sometimes firms are just isolated. And it's funny, like I told you about earlier about the, how it was working with, with the invoices. And again, just if you join this webinar late, I'll just tell you our invoices now, this is a, just how the market's working. Our invoices now past due are $2 million. After today, it'll probably be 2.3 million. Firms are not paying us. So obviously there's something going on that's very bad in the economy because normally there's 60 to 100,000 30 days past due and no one's paying. So you figure it out. This has never happened and it's happening now. It, this is real. So something's going on and it's not just isolated in one market. It's all over. It's certainly not your big name firms and stuff. It's mid-sized and smaller firms, but it's going on. So at our, at here, we used to keep, this isn't a long time ago, we were in an office, in a small office in downtown Los Angeles. We used to keep a, a giant calendar on the wall. It was kind of this big blow up thing. And the calendar would show uh, all the interviews taking place each week and each month of the year. And throughout the year 2000, it showed lots of interviews most days. We're still in the same thing. And the majority of the attorneys that were getting interviews at that time, it was a very active or corporate patent, trademark, different types of transactional attorneys. And then all of a sudden, in the third week of October in 2000, all of the interviews stopped. It just was like, you have, this would be like Monday, you'd have boom, like all these interviews. And then Tuesday would be boom. And then all of a sudden it was like Wednesday was like one, two, and then Thursday, one, 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 and then Friday. And, and then just silence, nothing. And the interviews all stopped. And we're like, did we upset somebody? Is there something going on? What's going on? And, and it was months before there was any significant activity again. It was like, you get one or two interviews a day and so forth. And we're seeing that same slowdown now. Now, our firm deals with lots of interviews a day, but I'm not, I don't want to tell you how many, but we're still getting a lot, but it's not anywhere near what it was three months ago. And in the 2000s, it was months before the, the things were happening again. Uh, the few interviews that were scheduled were suddenly getting canceled, and clearly something was going on in the economy. Now, at this particular point in time, meaning 2023, we're not seeing a lot of interview cancellations, but also a lot of these interviews are on Zoom, so there's really no reason for the law firms to cancel them and because they don't have to pay money to bring people out and stuff. But back then, it was obviously something was going on in the economy. Offers now are slower to come, and it turned out to be the dot-com bus, which was happening. We didn't know. But what was happening, and the reason I'm telling you this is because in November or October or whatever, it's November 2000, the dot-com bust yet wasn't official. It wasn't like people knew that there'd been this huge dot-com bust. This was in 2000, like October, November. It wasn't 2001 where everyone, where it suddenly became, by 2000, you still had all these expensive ads and the Super Bowl and all that. But this was happening before. And what was happening is that behind the scenes is, the funding for all these companies was drying up and the legal work was stopping, but no one knew it. It wasn't reported in the Wall Street Journal and stuff. There were all these problems. Or maybe it was to some extent, someone could put a something chat about it, but I wasn't aware of it. And, and I wasn't seeing a lot of stories about it. It was just that this was an indication that something was going on. 
And I'm telling you that something is really badly going on right now. I don't know what it is, but back then I realized there's some sort of sign or something's going wrong in the economy. And I thought everything was great. I thought that the economy was jamming, it was doing great. I thought everybody was having a good time and it seemed like the economy was going well, but suddenly the legal work stopped and everyone else seemed to think the economy was going well too. Certain practice areas are dependent on the economy going doing well. I want to tell you about those practice areas right now and then I want to tell you what's going on and then we'll talk about what to do. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 